If you had to pick anyone besides Nintendo for Sega to have had to pledge their initial allegiance to after the death of the Dreamcast, yeah, who else would you cast in that role? Hmm. I mean, Sega working alongside Nintendo is kind of beautiful. Yeah. So it's it's a little bit tough. I think the only thing more beautiful would have been Sega and Sony working together fully in this era. Yeah. Which eventually, you know, there's lots of Sega stuff that comes out on Sony platforms. Um, but yeah, I think at first, um, while, while Sega and Nintendo were rivals, when they were at the height of their rivalry, Sega was winning. So uh-huh. <laughs> I don't think, I think it was actually more of a natural partnership. Yeah. Whereas Sony actually destroyed right. Sega. Right. Like that's the actual story. It's not that Nintendo won out no. or something. It's right. that Sony showed up. Yeah. With a better console and charged a hundred dollars less. Yeah, yeah. For yeah. it, that's what killed Sega. I wish I want to live in the world where Microsoft doesn't just sort of like give the middle finger to uh, all of Japan and the non-West. Whoa! No! 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 Well, Microsoft desperately wanted Japan okay, to be on board. They did, but they didn't. So, so I Dreamcast guess Dreamcast too, baby. I Dreamcast know, but that, so that's what I'm saying is, I wish they'd leaned even harder into that. I wish Microsoft could have scored the Sega deal, and Xbox could have truly just been the Dreamcast too, and all of this stuff could have come over to this new, this new burgeoning person on the scene, and that Sega I could mean, have just like led. Like it's just like Microsoft West and Sega East as like the conglomerate. They, I feel like they got as much as Nintendo did. I mean, yeah. did they not? They got the Jet Jet Set Radio um, Future, yeah, the, the sequel. Uh, they got Panzer Dragoon Orta. Uh, I'm sure they got more than that. Uh, that was that mm-hmm. was Sega published during that area. That's true. Era. I feel like the only person Sega was not willing to work with at the beginning of, of the end of <laughs> was Sega's their life. Now <laughs> their, their yeah, Grim was Reaper Sony was like <laughs> that was the only one they were like holding out a little bit of uh now this, I mean we're just making this up, but sure. like if if you just look at where they were where they were focusing their efforts on various consoles, it was yeah. on the Xbox and on the GameCube. Yeah. It was not uh necessarily on the PlayStation two. Um that does change. Yeah. Uh, actually pretty quickly. I mean we definitely get some stuff on the PS two that's very Sega focused. Uh the you know Yakuza uh, is right around the corner. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was about to say, about I, to I feel like you can, you can summarize all of this in this one guy's career path. Nagoshi is just the one guy who's like, I mean, it doesn't matter to me, man. Just let me make my stupid video game and shut up. You're all you're all bad. So just let me right. let me make whatever I want. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's true. It's it's not it's not really that important for Sega to play favorites or play with. Like I, I'll say this thing for their strategy at this time. Uh, as, as opposed to how we do things uh, these days, uh, with everything being excessively multi-platform, Sega was interested in making uh-huh. different types of games on different types of platforms with different types of identities. The, all the Nintendo Sega stuff in this era is goofy, fun, silly. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. They're almost the only ones still holding to this at this time while everyone else is trying to merge. Sega's like, no, you broke us and you must each play with the various shards of our chaos yeah. emeralds. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, I feel like they had already uh, during... I did a lot of Dreamcast reading up uh-huh. um, for this season and they had actually already um, 
taken all their key people and separated them very much yeah. um, logistically. Right. Everybody was working on different things at different, like, smaller studios. That was just a strategy at the time. So I feel like it was very natural once the Dreamcast had completely sunk <laughs> to keep those separate teams yeah. just working on new projects on different platforms. So, yeah. like, you've got, you know... You've got so and so over here. You got the you've got the Panzer Dragoon people over here learning how the Xbox works. Yeah, yeah. You know, you've got Nagoshi working on Super Monkey Ball, figuring out how to port um, an arcade game to the GameCube, yeah. and you know he figured it out pretty much. Uh, and then what? They have him work on Yakuza on the PlayStation Two yeah. uh, in like to, like maybe like four or five years later. And I think then it's 2005 is yeah. the first Yakuza. Yeah, and they just wait for Yuji Naka to burn Sonic into the ground. Just, just you know what? Just we would prefer it if he was in the dumpster. That's our favorite console for Sonic is the trash can. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, what what else are they going to do at this point? They they tried a direction and it did not work. You know, that's that's really painful. Um, I don't even know. I think he's working on Fantasy Star at this point, right? Or I don't even know. Who? Naka? Uh, Yuji Naka. Yeah. At this point, I think... Oh, yeah, no, he no, he keeps... He just keeps producing the, the Sonic games that are coming out right now. You've got Sonic <laughs> Pinball Party is right around the corner, and uh, Sonic Battle, Sonic Heroes, uh, Sonic Advance 3, and... Uh, it's a, oh, Shadow the Hedgehog's coming up. Hey, cool. 2005, All that right. game comes up. Yeah. You know, we need a hedgehog uh, with a gun. Put a gun um, on the GameCube. It's a, it's another Sega episode, everybody. Um, and I'm sorry that it's just like kind of the Sega show, but uh, this is the last one for a while. We're telling like, a story now. We're, let's tell yeah. a story. Sit down and listen. stay a while and listen to we're, our tale. <laughs> we're telling a story, um, and the story is of Sega. And I promise uh, for the rest of the season, there's no season picks that are Sega focused. Oh wait, I forgot I'm doing Yakuza. <laughs> Let's go. Welcome to the Old Gamers Almanac, where we rank every video game every week at a time. What's up? My name is Matt Martins, and I am joined by co-host Hunter Denutzelson. How's it yeah, going? Yeah, I am Hunter Denutzelson. <laughs> every game, every week, at a time. At a time. At one time. All at once. Every game, all the where, all <laughs> Every game, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. That should be the subtitle of the show. Old Gamers Almanac. Every game, everywhere, all at once. <laughs> This week we are talking about the the phoenix that is Sega's hopes and dreams. Last week was the cry the the death knell of Sega as a console uh maker with Sonic Adventure 2 and this is the first game uh published by non-Sega uh, for a non-Sega console but developed by Sega. It is uh Toshihiro Nagoshi's Super Monkey Ball! Yeah, yeah. So this is uh, a GameCube port of an arcade game that had come out very shortly before. Yep. Um, maybe they were developed in conjunction with each other. I don't know. I don't care. It was, it was not. Time. It was developed on technology that was supposed to be similar to the Dreamcast. And apparently this team uh, that, that was behind this was very quick. Like it kind of like surprisingly quick to develop it for the gamecube that's how smart this whole uh, amusement vision uh studio is is they they just like knocked it out for gamecube very 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 fast 
Yeah, well, that's nuts. Because uh, if you look at the release dates, uh, it doesn't really make sense. But I'll just go with it. Sure, they did it in like two months yeah. after the arcade game <laughs> exactly. came out. They turned around and, and got on the GameCube. I mean, presumably they got the arcade game done before that. But yeah. even still, crazy turnaround. Congratulations, everybody. <laughs> so Super Monkey Ball is a game where you are a monkey in a ball. Uh-huh. Okay. You roll around, and your goal is to get through the goal. Oh, there's boy. A little, there's a little goal, a little goal post with a little ribbon. You got to get through it, all right? <laughs> and then you get through the level, okay? So you would say, ah, oh, that's pretty straightforward. Okay, it's not, though, because really Super Monkey Ball is one of the most interesting games because all it does is use, like, a single stick, yeah. analog stick. That's, like, all the controls, really. Right. And there's, like, more controls in the menu than there are in the game. <laughs> like, na navigating yeah. the menu... Uh, involves more button presses than, yeah. than, than the actual game. Your analog stick does not directly control the monkey in the ball. Right. Okay? Right. Your analog stick, surprisingly, <laughs> surprising everyone that's ever picked this game up, controls the orientation of the level in space. Yeah. <laughs> so you are moving the entire level through space. Like, you're, you're controlling the tilt of it. Yeah where it is on its axis. Uh, you, you do have limits to this. You can tilt it only so far right. in any one direction. You can't completely flip it uh, over, essentially. Right. Um, but it's almost like the entire level is about the size of... Imagine like a pinball board, Yeah. okay? Yeah. And it's like a pinball board where instead of you using the, the flippers, the buttons at all... All you're doing is tilting. Yeah. <laughs> All you're trying to win pinball yeah. by just taking the whole machine and going, Rip it you can't way, flip yeah. the pinball machine over because then you'll break it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's the logic of a super monkey ball level. Um, fantastic little game. Yeah. Uh, wonderful. It's hilarious too, because this is, this is 2001. This is before uh, smartphones are in everybody's pockets, but now you can imagine this game would have been developed with like gyroscope stuff in mind you yeah know, a, 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 yep. you could easily envision and there probably is like a mobile port where you just tilt your phone or whatever i mean what this this is a style of puzzle in breath of the wild right you you go into some of those uh shrines and you literally just have a super monkey ball level inside yep. of the shrine that you that yep. you operate so uh an incredibly simple design that they just run in every way i mean they do everything with this with this idea there are essentially three primary game modes you can play easy medium or hard and uh hard is like a bunch of really difficult levels and then for the gamecube port they included like a bunch of mini games a bunch of goofy stuff there's like pool yep. there's there's all sorts of things i mean imagine all of the various games you play with a ball they're trying to put those games into super monkey ball it's a ball thing i i think of this the same way i think of rocket league which is just like the concept is so simple and so instantly understandable that you can kind of do anything with it without overcomplicating it that that is what super monkey ball is you pick it up and you instantly know how it works and how to play it you don't even need a tutorial of any kind it's it's and that's what makes it like a good arcade game right this very much makes sense that it was an arcade cabinet uh first which hilariously the joystick on the arcade cabinet was just a big banana it was a big a banana on a stick i want to play it <laughs> yeah i want to play it really bad yeah i want to play monkey ball in a in the arcade i think that sounds really fun uh it's a great party game and what's a shame is today, we well we can talk about uh, personal history with this sure. um, as a party game because that's all my history before before yesterday. Yeah, 
when I played uh, this game for a good long while. My only history with the Monkey Ball franchise was in party game format. And let me tell you, it is one of the strongest party games I really? think of all time. I actually think it's Sega's uh, Mario Kart Whoa. is how I would describe it. Okay. Uh, Sega's actual contribution to the hanging out with your friends and playing a game all night so type game. That's what I would love for you to set up for me because that is what I miss completely. I don't. I never played this game. Uh, back in the day so i do not have any yeah. of the party game and so my impression of this game is i know severely lacking because i also wasn't able to play any multiplayer but all i've ever heard about this game is how much anybody who's played it desperately loves it so can you explain more of the multiplayer stuff to me and why it's so why it's so good why people flock to yeah. it so feverishly so i i have some I actually have just some theories about it because I'm not sure anybody really knows per se why this works so well. Mm -hmm. uh, there's not some sort of trick or gimmick because you do not, it is the type of party game where it's been kind of filed down to the most simplest form of this, which is like, you just take turns playing. Uh -huh. I mean, that's, that's, that's the types of party stuff that it, that it provides, or at least that, that is the stuff that I think is really fun. I know there's some mini games and stuff, yeah. Um, but I'm not super interested. I mean, I don't know. Maybe some people like Monkey Race. Uh, Monkey Race might be something people like. I don't know. I don't care. Um, I, I just like playing the regular game, yeah. the regular challenges, but with other people in the room. So here's why it works, I think. Monkey Ball is a dexterity yeah, game. Right. In the same way, the, the, the only game that we've talked about on the list thus far that has anything to do with Monkey Ball is getting over with Benefati. Yes, yeah. That is the closest that we have actually experienced this right. um, type of game. So what I'm going to say is that both these games have this thing in common, which is the more you, you play it, yeah. the worse <laughs> you will get at yeah, it yeah. In, in a single session. You talk about this often with these kinds of games, which is like, yeah. it, it's a, it is a sport where you can wear yourself out and like you got to step away and come back. You talk about that often. You're, so your knowledge, it's, it's really, I love dexterity games for this reason. Um, especially, I mean, dexterity video games mostly is what I'm interested sure, in. Sure. Um, but there's this interesting thing that happens because you start playing a dexterity game and your dexterity is at maximum. Yeah. Your, your thumb is fresh. You get these fresh <laughs> thumbs. All right. They're ready yeah. to just blah, to go at it. You know what I mean? But you don't, what you don't have is the knowledge of the levels in your brain. Right. So at first it's all about discovery, right? And your dexterity is at maximum, but your knowledge is at, at zero. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then your, your dexterity starts going down and your knowledge starts going up. And there's this kind of optimal place, I would say, where your knowledge of the challenge is in a good place and your dexterity hasn't worn down too much. But eventually... While you might still be accruing knowledge, your dexterity goes down too much. Yeah. So the, so the thing is, Super Monkey Ball solves this by turning it into a party game. So now you got to take breaks. Right. And now you're getting knowledge Without about the level yeah. while you're watching your buddy play it too. Where, where I played Monkey Ball as a party game, I'm surprised, Matt, that you had never played it as yeah. a party game. I, know. I guess you just... It's not like we did it super often. But when we would play um, Smash, yeah. we would sometimes play Monkey Ball. It was instead. never around me. I don't know why, but I we we I never owned a copy of this, and I don't know who did. But it was never around me. I we didn't own stuff. a copy, but I, and I think I think Nick owned a copy. Our uh, friend Nick Malcolm. Yeah. Um, I might be wrong on that. Somebody had a copy of this game, and yeah, I just remember cracking it out a few times uh, with those guys and having a really really yeah good time with it. And then just like I don't know, I would just be at parties. Uh, through college even and sometimes there would be bust out the monkey ball monkey ball out like there are people out there that just like 
really get down with this game and really party with it. Yeah. Um, because it's just, I don't know. It's like, yeah. it's honestly a more perfect experience to play it with, uh, with friends taking turns yeah. uh, than it is to play it just by yourself. It feels like there's something missing when you yeah. just play it by yourself. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with that. It, it felt like I was notably missing something playing it by myself. And, and, and that wasn't, I wasn't allowing that to like uh, uh, negatively impact my feelings about the game. It was just like, a, listen, I'm not playing this in the right context. And I just got to know that. It, right. you, you describing all that reminds me so much of... Um, the really good uh they're they're kind of categorized under speed runs but they're not quite speed runs but if you take uh mario really really good mario speed runners and they'll do this every once in a while at at uh gdqs which is they do these relay races where community members make extremely hard maps whether it be in mario maker or like mario rom hacks they yeah. that the community makes like a set of eight levels or whatever and then they get two squads of four each to play those levels for the very first time. So these are like expert level, top tier speedrunners, but they're learning the level for the first time, but it has that same quality. And it's even fascinating to watch someone, you know, they're all watching each other play and see their their teammate fail at the level, but they all gained the knowledge of how to get over that jump or whatever it is. Right. So there, there's definitely kind of a... Uh, like an animalistic quality to that sort of teamwork that I, I right. think this game really would obviously capture. Yeah, um, I think it really shines best in that uh, format. Um, and I, but I mean, there's a lot to appreciate here, just even abstractly, even uh, by yourself. I just think it's it's maximum velocity is at a party with friends. Yeah. Um, I actually, um, I do a movie night at my place every Monday night. And I almost tried to turn it into uh, a Monkey Monday, um, but it was it was just it, the thing about Monkey Ball it, it, what, that I love. By the way, this is great. Um, if you look at the box art, this is one of the dinkiest looking games, <laughs> really, of all time. At first blush, it just looks like yeah. I don't know, like a B movie version of yeah. Donkey Kong Country. It's like these the the characters really grow on you. Like I think I I is super cute now uh -huh. but the first time you see them they look cheap they yeah. look off-putting the typeface <laughs> is really annoying on the uh on the on the yeah the logo itself the super monkey ball uh, it screams rental store garbage like bottom it shelf just, <laughs> yeah it it just it looks it looks so weird at first and in a way that might not be enticing to some people yeah so it can be a hard sell but i the thing about monkey ball is if you get it on the screen yeah You've made new fans. Yeah. Like this game is gonna have a long tail. I think eventually people are gonna recognize that like Monkey Ball was maybe not it was like pretty commercially successful, but yeah. I think it was a game that like if you played it, it's in your lexicon to such an extent that it was like a really huge personal hit yeah. for you. Yeah. Even if it didn't like wield cultural power and is considered like one of the most important franchises of all time. I, I just think it's kind of a, it's not exactly a sleeper hit because yeah, it, I mean, it sold well, yeah. but I think it's a sleeper. Uh, it's a, it's a sleeper big boy game. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. I love the story that the box art tells, which is like, as you're describing, you look at it, you just, you just look at the art and you go, oh, okay, it's kind of just like, 
this cheap looking, it's okay. I, and I'm imagining myself in 2001 with all the context of 2001 and what is what yeah. has happened yeah. this year with these console makers and everything. And you look at it, you're like, I don't know, this game. And then you look in the bottom right and it says Sega. And you're like, wait, wait a second. Hold, it says Sega right there. So this right. is this looks different than me. But then you look in the top left corner and it says only for the Nintendo GameCube. This is a, this is a whole this is a whole story in one piece of art. This is this is a historical yep. document, the cover yep, art yep, for yep. Super Monkey Ball. <laughs> yeah, totally. I I mean, yeah, it's it's it is uh it's such a strange thing that this is what Sega is deciding to do, yeah. you know, on on the back of their of their failure. Like I I think it's so I think it's so admirable that Sega never really quit experimenting, right. never really quit trying new things and being strange. Yeah. Um, and just trying to be inventive. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think Monkey Ball knocks that out of the park. Um, it is it is a fun game. It has, I would say, the difficulty on Monkey Ball is perfection to me. Oh, yeah. It's like, there's enough of it that's easy, and then it gets hard. And then you see how like oh this this just keeps going this is like crazy. like we yeah this 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 goes from I mean I I kind of wish there were more games with this structure of just like Monkey Ball doesn't really have a story yeah. um, I know later games do eventually have like cinematics and stuff there's like a there's like bad guys there's like Doctor Bad Boon and <laughs> and these goofy other uh, bad guy characters but the story isn't really important in the first one at all um, and it's literally just a series of levels. And the difficulty has been scaled in such a way as to where it feels like, wow, you you got to get really good at this game to finish it. Yeah. And I, I like that. Yeah. I, I, I don't mind a game that basically says, like, in order to finish this game, you are going to have to really learn how to do this yeah. uh, quite well. Well, and and obviously in in typical arcade fashion, that difficulty keeps ramping up if you want it to, because I, the thing I noted immediately is those bananas that you can get. Those are a lie and a pox that you need to <laughs> for your very first runs like those you get bananas to give yourself more lives. Once you get a certain number yeah. of bananas, it gives yeah. you more lives. But so many of the bananas are in these precarious positions oh, yeah. that it's like, no, yeah. you'll definitely kill yourself. You need to learn yeah. how to just beat these levels. And then on your sixth run of them maybe start going for some bananas. And then there's also, of course, like the time attack. I mean, the speed run of this game is is bonkers crazy because the design is so open it's literally just a big empty room and mm -hmm. the physics that the game has and the physics are are quite good uh and so we, we hunter and i watched uh the speed run a, a good portion of the speed run right before this and it freaks you out especially especially if you like go play a few levels yourself right. and feel kind of how 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 the game feels and then to see a speedrunner do it that's always true with speedruns but i don't know this is one of those games that is like deeply speedrunnable you know what i mean because of how yeah. open-ended that you're not restricted by really anything like you would be with like a platform it's like well the character can only jump so high or whatever this is just like hey if i can tilt and hit that bump right like anything's gonna happen because the physics are just gonna allow me to do whatever and really i mean terrifying things happen in that speed run it's crazy yeah yeah the speed run is very good it, it also has that um i don't know i think there's kind of a mario uh aspect to it where it's like when it, whenever you're watching mario being played even like not very well it's it's your brain goes to what would this look like if i was doing everything really really good yeah kind of deal right and monkey ball kind of right away 
you kind of will look at a level and be like, oh, you could like skip huge chunks of this, right. et cetera. Right. Like the skips in Monkey Ball that, that you see whenever you're watching like a speed run of it, although I'm sure some of them get really buck wild. We haven't seen everything, but yeah. um, from the stuff I've seen thus far, uh, a lot of the skips are like, well, anyone could see that right. that's a skip. Right. It's just, can you do it? Right. Really? <laughs> right. Do you have the dexterity to <laughs> execute exactly specifically yeah. what you need to do in order to make that skip work? Um, I love games that do that. I right. love games that encourage you to like try risky, weird stuff. I was able to, there was a, a level that I was struggling with that had a really obvious possible skip. I didn't think I was going to be able to do it. I tried it and got it on my first try, and then I never got it again, <laughs> yeah. uh, is basically what happened. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that this game is um, really beautiful to watch. And for me, personally, the playing of it was, I didn't, you know, I didn't spend enough time with it to, like, get really good at it. So I can't judge this too much. But the one thing I will note is the thing that kept uh, bumping up against me was when I would need to roll backwards, the way the can like th your camera orientation always wants to look at the direction you're rolling, no matter yeah. what you're doing with that. Yeah. And so the one thing that would always trip me up is if I needed to turn around, you start to roll backwards, the whole camera whips around, which means you have to like readjust your joystick to go with that camera whip. Cause you have no control over that camera whip. And that was going to take me some time to get used to because there were a lot of times where I just wanted to roll backwards and it would have been nice if the camera just stayed in its direction and I got to roll backwards. And instead, I had a lot of deaths that were like because I was close to the edge and trying to like get backwards and instead it's just going to whip everything around and it throws off the whole roll. So that that was like where I felt the most uh, like I was in the tar pit or something. It's just like slowing me down on my ability to progress. Yeah, I mean... You do, you can like kind of flick it back without getting the camera to turn around. Mm -hmm. But yeah, sometimes there are points where you get in such a bad position that you're literally going to have to turn around. I will say like for the most part, the levels are designed so that you would never have right. to turn around. But yeah, sometimes you can, you can mess up and then be like, uh oh, we're gonna have to do the turnaround stuff. And then turn around, turning around in monkey ball is never optimal. It's always <laughs> like, because the game is about, you know, it's not really about going fast. Right. so much right. which can be kind of confusing like there are levels where they're trying to encourage you to go really fast yeah. um, but it's just so they can mess you up it's really just about like you are a monkey in a ball you don't even have direct control over this monkey in a ball how do you kind of finesse this situation um to such an extent that you know maybe uh maybe you get through it mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. um but yeah I, I i think in that way uh it it, it really reminds me a lot of what we loved about getting over it with Bennett Foddy, yeah. Yeah, which is so. just a, a finicky control scheme that then you have to master, but it's been designed so, you know, so brilliantly yeah. that you can master it and, yeah. and you can do it. And also I'll say this streaming this game, people were just popping into the chat, just being like, Oh, I love monkey ball. Yeah. Everybody loves, <laughs> everybody this loves game. this game. Like, everybody loves monkey ball. It's really perplexing to me. I mean, it, I think it's a great game, but I, it, 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 it's wild how much people come to bat for this game. It's because it's instantaneous. Yeah. Like it is. If, if you have, if you don't even know what we're talking about, if you've been listening to two bozos talk about monkey ball and you don't even know what it is, you've never seen it before. Just pull up a YouTube video of it right now. Yeah. I think you will instantly understand the appeal of this game. <laughs> it's just like it's been designed in that way as to just 
immediately give you the point yeah and immediately make you say wow okay that's that's interesting um you might not love it i mean i could imagine someone sitting down to play it and being like oh man i'm really bad at this yeah the first time i ever played it i thought i was going to be really horrible at it and yeah. uh it took me a while to get used to it you know what i can understand from that though because i didn't love it but but the big thing to that is i think the reason people coming from the playing it at the time it was released it's that it comes back to that multiplayer idea you were talking about because if when i watched you play it on the stream and you yeah. are better at it than i am because you've played it but also like you're generally better especially at these kinds of games i was having just as much fun it, it is a big brother kind of game of just like yeah. it's fun to watch someone else do well at it and you are having just as much fun even though like you're not able to do those things so in, in that way i do get why anybody who came into contact with this game fell in love with it in some way even if they didn't obsessively play it and get really good at it it's like no nah, i just watched my cousin play it all the time and that right. ruled so like no matter what if you came into contact with this game you have these memories of it that are like really really joyful yeah uh for listeners that have uh kids uh if your kids are older that is i don't think this is this is not a very good game for like a child it's like way too finicky I, or i don't know i don't know your child's dexterity now sure. that i i'm not gonna make assumptions <laughs> about your child's dexterity but i think this would be a really brilliant game to play uh with your family yeah i, th I think it's a great uh family game um but yeah again it it has to be the type of thing where where you know you're all capable of executing the the monkey ball formula on at least its lowest difficulty yeah. setting yeah um which I don't know. I mean, you you probably can. It's hard. It's hard to judge. Yeah. Um. In the uh, the way the levels are divided, there there are three there are three divisions for the levels. There's beginner. There's advanced. There's expert. The beginner levels. There's ten of those. The the advanced levels. There's thirty of those. And then the expert level uh, is forty levels. I was able to in a day, uh, having not played monkey ball for years, uh, get through beginner. Uh, had a lot of difficulty with advanced, but was able to get through it. And then I got to like level four on expert, and that's after playing the game pretty much all day. Yeah. Um, and then on level four, I was like, I played this game a lot. I love it. I am not going to be able to get through this level without working on it to the extent that I worked on a lot of the stuff in advance, and I've run out of uh, steam, and my right. dexterity is is at the lowest uh, level. Well, again, it's, right now. it's one of those games where, yeah, it's not really built for you as a single person to play for a six-hour session or whatever. Yeah, like you, I mean, I mean... Your body's going to wear it out. You, you said in there that expert is 40 levels. It's 50 levels, and they're the hardest... 50. Didn't I say 50? You said 40. It doesn't matter. Uh, it... It, it's crazy to me too that it ramps up in that way because like the beginner levels are quite simple but it's really good onboarding i mean i didn't beat beginner did i beat beginner the very first time i played i may have but like you just sort of eke through it if it's like literally the first time you've ever played the game at all and the fact that expert is like ramping up the sheer number like almost doubling how many levels there are and they are all almost instantly harder than anything you played in advanced is like yep. quite quite insane how quickly they are just like willing to like crank the dial up as high as it can go yeah i appreciate that i yeah. appreciate that level of investment in the idea that you're going to get really good at monkey ball um i think that shows a lot of confidence it doesn't waste your time it knows you're going to replay levels and so it's not going to waste your time in that way of like playing way too many levels of like the exact same kind of flavor i think a lot yeah. of these kinds of puzzly dexterity games can just try to inundate you with too much 
And the fact that this one is actually kind of reserved in like the total number of levels is pretty is pretty nice. I don't know. I just uh, I love it, man. Yeah. I, I think uh, I think it ranks high on the uh, on the list of like monkey games. You know, <laughs> I like get the monkey ranking. Do we need to do a monkey ranking? It rivals, uh, you know, Donkey Kong Country yeah. in uh, my love for it. Right. I would say I definitely love Super Monkey Ball more than Donkey Kong Country Three. That's for sure. Sure yeah uh definitely definitely love it more than that um a lot of people say that the next one super monkey ball 2 is better than the first um i feel like for us on this list this first game mm-hmm. is going to be a stand-in for the entire series right until we play another one which might be a long time a really long i don't time. you know it feel it doesn't feel like if we played the other monkey ball games right now for instance yeah they're so iterative that we would probably find nothing new to say right. about another monkey ball game besides just being like, yes, it's more fun. It, it have to be, it have to be the like very specifically different ones. Like, I mean, because it's Nintendo stuff, right? Like you can, you can play a Nintendo DS one and there are, pro- there's probably a couple of distinct new mechanics to that. And that would be the only stuff I'm like willing to check out uh in any sort of immediacy because everything else it's going to be more of the same essentially i don't know if i want to play a wii version of monkey ball or not i I mean i brought up earlier that this you can imagine this as a gyroscope but i think we've all played games with gyroscopes and i think the world has agreed that actually gyro controls are not very fun across the board uh because of how finicky it instantly gets just because like oh if the gyro like gets off then i don't know it feels really weird to try to reset it just i've never played a gyro game that like actually properly worked yeah did you did you think about maybe um because i know you played this on the steam deck um did you think about using because there's a gyro in that thing in there there is it, it would probably take some doing to get it said i don't know maybe i should try that i need to try. Yeah, i was about to say because I, I don't think it would take much doing at all because what you do with the steam deck the is you just tell the gyro control to be a joystick in the steam deck options and there you go and then you yeah you map it to i wonder although keep in mind too the idea of like this is the problem with playing Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild in handheld mode is when you get to those puzzles where you're supposed to do the gyro stuff. Yep. It's like, yep. well, I need to flip it over, which means I can no longer see the screen yeah. to know what I'm <laughs> doing. So that's not yeah. going to work. Although, like you said, Super Monkey Ball, you never flip it over all the way. But yeah, I don't know. That that would be very interesting. Another quality of Super Monkey Ball that I just am obsessed with right now is how childish and family friendly and just sort of goofy it is. And compare that to how unbelievably cool Toshihiro Nagoshi looks and is, oh, and yeah. the stuff he would do. Like, like yeah, he's it, a rock star. He's a rock star who's like, I'm gonna make this completely simple game that looks like it's for babies, and it's yep. gonna rule. Like, it's gonna be very, very, very good. And like, I just imagine him. I mean, every interview you read with him too, he's like, Yeah, Nintendo sucks. Uh, everybody else sucks. I made Monkey Ball. Uh, it's yeah, pretty you good. Found that really. <laughs> You found that really good quote by him um, where he's talking about he's like he's just like talking about Nintendo, uh, the difference between working at Nintendo and working at Sega. And he's he's basically like Sega, uh, you know, is creative. It's open. um, You can try new things. And then he's just like, um, if I had had to work at Nintendo, I would have quit working (laughs) in games by this point. And it's just like so savage. And I just like, I love this man. I'm so excited to talk about him more in the context of Yakuza, which is a game that is uh, definitely uh, coming up on the 
on the old list. And it's insane that those two game, these two series are fr- from the same mind. Like the idea that it's like, so I made this cute, adorable monkey ball game, and then I made uh, a game about Japanese crime families and all yeah. of their things. Yeah. And both are equally, I don't know, goofy and weird, and just what a what a cool vibe. Uh, yeah, this, because because yeah. what that does, what that allows the series to do, is not, and I don't know what it future iterations do, but like Super Monkey Ball does not feel like it's pandering to children. It is cool right. and is stylized where it is inoffensive to children, right? And that is a right. huge difference. Everybody's favorite kids cartoons have that same quality where they do not pander but they are stylized to just like appeal to like whatever but but they're but the the bad children stuff panders and super monkey ball never panders it's never i don't know it's it's never doing anything overtly childish it just sort of is whimsical and that's enough to be childish right yeah um one one thing i really admire about it too is that i feel like if this game was made today it would very much wink at at the player and and make why are these monkeys in these that's like the question everybody asks and the fact that it never asks that i mean it probably does later but in this first one the fact that it never asks that is now yeah it it doesn't care yeah it's like this is this is what the game is don't worry about it like yeah i i honestly am kind of over uh in 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 comedy the like meta self-referential uh style um, I'm ready for things to just be weird and not acknowledge me, yeah. the viewer. Right. You know what I mean? Be yourself and don't bring me in. Yes. You know what I mean? Leave me out here. Right. And I'm just like, whoa, look at this. Super Monkey Ball, I think, is a great example of uh, of that, of never really acknowledging how how goofy and silly this is. It yeah. just is what it is, you know? Absolutely. Um, you just got to deal with that. I want to talk about, in the context of our um this is season one of uh old gamers almanac season one 2001 a game odyssey (laughs) where does super monkey ball lie in the 2001 season Mm -hmm. thus far i one thing i've noticed about our our lineup thus far we started with sonic adventure 2 now we're on super monkey ball we got klonoa 2 coming up next week we're starting off on the um whimsical whimsical uh points of the year of a year that was you know big and heavy and there's a lot of uh there's a lot of games we're going to play that are uh i would say pretty pretty dark Uh as compared to this but we've been like really sticking with the really kind of normal sweet stuff yeah and this is also a gamecube game we have the gamecube basically launched at the end of last year um or no or is it this year when when does does the gamecube is this the gamecube launch year am i crazy uh no this is the gamecube launch year yeah this is a launch title wow. this is super monkey ball is a launch title for the gamecube wow yeah so that's crazy um how do we feel about it as a launch title for the gamecube do we feel like it 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 was a good like was this a good place for this system to start with that is such an interesting question i think that it it's such a it certainly feels like a launch title in that launch titles are always distinctly bare bones we're just trying something we're trying some tech hey our polygons look better than they did on the nintendo 64 um and the thing i wanted to to point out about it is that like you cannot escape the knowledge that sega has died and and then there's this thing and the idea that sega in its first iteration post being a console maker swings so hard in its quirkiness and 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 like 
I mean, they're planting a flag in the ground and saying, we are still Sega. Like, we're not getting, even though we failed, we are not giving up on the thing you know us the absolute best for. And I feel like right. that is such an important quality of Super Monkey Ball. Not as a launch title for the GameCube, but as a launch title for new Sega. Right? right. This this is this is them saying something very, very specific about the kind of company they want to be moving forward, which is that they don't want to change that much. They just it's it's literally just saying, yes, we failed at the console thing, but we are still really good at the games. Yeah, I, I 100 percent agree. I think it is uh, it is Sega's kind of statement of new purpose. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they're saying, you know what, we're going to work, we will work with anybody now, yeah. except for Sony, although even that they will <laughs> pretty they quickly will turn around on yeah. soon enough, soon enough, they will turn around yeah. on that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty wild that they go from being, uh, you know, Nintendo's, uh, largest competitor at the beginning of, uh, the nineties and uh-huh. deep into the, you know, until what, like 94, 95. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, they kind of, they kind of wreck it all on uh, some weird bets that yeah. they place. <laughs> and then here they are on Nintendo's new platform making a game about monkeys in balls. Yeah. Like that's just <laughs> quite cool. It's like very... how 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 cool is that? Yeah. Um do you want to rank this puppy? I do. I want to Can we do the 2001 ranking first? Can Ooh, we can okay. we put it in its position in 2001 first? Yes, yes. So um, what is the 2001 list at this point? So right now the 2001 list is number 1 Halo Combat Evolved, number 2 Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3, number 3 Pikmin, and number 4 Sonic Adventure 2. Okay. So for me, Super Monkey Ball at the very least, I think it definitely goes above Pikmin when comparing GameCube launch titles. Pikmin Whoa. is doing really interesting things. Pikmin is doing cool things. But yeah. to me, Super Monkey Ball is such a more important story to where Sega needs to go from here. And just like all of it's just more fun than Pikmin. Pikmin is interesting, but deeply frustrating. There's just a lot of I mean, Super Monkey Ball can get incredibly frustrating, too. Let's not mince words. Totally. It, it is a match frustration ranking game, too and too. But in a fun like in that party game way, in the way where it's like, well, I'm not frustrated at it because it's uh, being mean to me. I'm just frustrated at it because it's it's kind of a hard game at first. Like you, you got to learn it. The frustration in pikmin feels unintentional compared to the frustration in super monkey ball for sure there's a lot of stuff that suck in pikmin and it's like did the developers actually want it to work this way or (laughs) was it just kind of they were limited and so this is how it works (laughs) super monkey ball is like yep they made a hard game so it is hard huh yeah yeah exactly um so for for me it, it goes above that the bigger question then uh, which it, I don't, I doubt is a bigger question for you, but the bigger question is about Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 if Super Monkey Ball sort of exceeds that. I sort of guess that it probably will. Um, for, for me and like me and my brother, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3, the multiplayer stuff kind of worked. Like I like the multiplayer stuff in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3, but I do not think mm. that is a universal truth i I think most people just kind of like tony hawk as a a good little single player thing and and it certainly never hits the dexterity game vibes that super monkey ball does it's not as instantly graspable and it's not as um easy to watch someone else play it and be like oh i could probably do that too you you watch someone else play tony hawk and you're like i don't even know you're just like doing nose grind nose grind into this into that into that and it's like not it's not digestible information at all 
Right, that, and that was the that was the argument I was going to go with of Super Monkey Ball versus Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Three. They're actually really similar mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, yeah. genre wise. But one you can instantly understand. Yeah. One you can instantly click with the mechanics. It might be difficult, but you you can see it. Mm-hmm. And Tony Hawk literally has these sort of fighting game style yeah. secret button inputs to do secret moves stuff for sure. Although I will say, of the three games, I actually think Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 is probably best uh, when it comes to giving you things to do that are not that, Uh basically, Uh in the game. Uh, Things that are a little more apparent. But in the level design, I find Super Monkey Ball instantly graspable. Yep. Uh, but also pared down. So like it's it's like which one do you value more? Tony Hawk's Pro, Pro Skater Three will be like here's a level. It's in a real place yeah. that we you know we we have we've modeled this off a place that exists in real life. Yeah. Where Super Monkey Ball is just cutting any fluff out right, and right. just saying like here is a level. Yes. Uh, and you're like where are we? And it's like I don't know. We're floating in space. Shut up. Yeah. Just just play the level. You're in a you level. Know? That's where you are. Don't ask. You're questions. in a level. <laughs> yeah. Super Monkey Ball is absolutely a video game. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 has a little inkling yeah. of reality in there. We're talking about real people. We're talking right. about real places. But what's beautiful, too, about what Super Monkey Ball does is it is just a level in the way that arcade games classically are. Where are you in Pac-Man? Who cares? Where are you in Centipede? Who cares? And, yeah. and all right. of us agree that we don't care. And Super Monkey Ball is that while still in 2001, I think feeling distinctly modern because physics and physics engines were still relatively rough at this point, right? Especially this idea of just like a ball rolling around bouncing off crap. Like that sure. that yeah, was yeah. not as doable before this point in time. This graphical fidelity is where we can like have a good <laughs> a good rolling around orb, basically. Um, and so it feels modern while still feeling holistically classic in levels, arcade, this is this. Like I, I think that is a commendable uh, quality of Super Monkey Ball that it is I mean you can play it today and it it doesn't really feel old because it's no. leaning into such a specific sort of thing it, it feels timeless yeah it won't it it won't feel old it yeah. will never feel old right I feel like um Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 feels old super as old heck yeah that is a game that game is a bag of bones yeah and it is it is even it's wild that 3 felt this way to me because it's like it's it's 2001 mm-hmm. right but that game feels like it was made in 1996. I don't know. Like, culturally, it's just, like, very much stuck in a time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I don't remember 2001 th- uh, that well. I was only 11 at the time. Sure. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it felt quite, quite backwards to me. So I'm very comfortable putting Super Monkey Ball above it. Yeah. Um, now we got to talk about Super Monkey Ball versus Halo Combat Evolved. Yeah. This is, this is um, kind of easy for me. Super Monkey Ball is very cool, but it, it, Halo is, like modernizing an entire concept and 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 sort of changing the world in 2001 and super monkey ball is super monkey ball is like perfecting a a vision but it's not changing the world yeah you wanted it huh i'm looking at you yeah Yeah. (laughs) i mean as much as i would love to have this discussion i don't know that even i have the energy Uh for it but i don't know i think like I, i i'll say this at the end of the day, if we're on the 2001 ranking, we're talking about which of these games is a 2001 yes. game. Right. And Halo is one of the most important games that came out in 2001. Yeah. And it, it is emblematic yeah. 
it's it's the beginning of what is now the 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 standard configuration mm -hmm. of Xbox or uh, Microsoft, Nintendo, Sony. Yeah, uh, the big three. Right. So in Halo, without Halo, we might not have Microsoft. I mean, we probably would have because they just have cash to burn forever. Yeah, right. Um. I mean, they were able to burn cash for an entire console generation, the Xbox One, and then still stick in it. So would they have survived without Halo? Probably. Yeah. But it would have been in a very different capacity yeah. than we know now. I think so, I think Halo Combat Evolved is going to be hard to dethrone as number one. But I, just looking ahead at stuff that's coming up, there's a couple games that I think will push for it. And we'll see oh, when we yeah. get there. We'll, we'll, we'll see I how we so feel. Too. But I, I, can, I can see three or four games that'll be at the conversation will at least be had. So props to Super Monkey Ball 4 even getting to that conversation. But yeah, yeah. it's a firm yeah. number two right now, which makes our 2001 ranking Halo, then Super Monkey Ball then Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3, then Pikmin, then Sonic Adventure 2. I don't think we're doing any other rearranging today. I think this feels pretty good for 2001. Yeah, yeah. this is good. Okay, so now it is time Big to list. rank Super Monkey Ball on the master list. Yes. I would like to continue what we started last week, which is Pick that me and you say which 10's place uh -huh. we think it belongs in. Yeah. Um, with 1 to 10 being, I guess we call it the 1's. The aughts. And then the teens. Oh, the aughts? the aughts? Is that what that's called? That's what you, well, it's what they called it for the 2000s. Um, I don't think it ever was firmly adopted, but I like, I like saying the aughts. Okay. Uh, let's just, uh, let's just see what, yeah. uh, what we got here. Okay. I'm, I'm, okay. I, yeah, no, I feel, I feel all right with where my brain's going with this. Um, okay. I, I'm, I'm in the teens. I'm in the teens. Okay. I look, I was wanting to make an argument for the twenties, but I look at even, I look at the mid twenties and I'm like, well, absolutely not. And I look at the high twenties and even then like Skyrim, Stanley Parable, Portal. And I'm like, a couple of those are significant. I mean, all three of those are significantly more important to me than Super Monkey yeah. Ball, but that's not yeah. very fair in this equation i can't I, super monkey ball was never going to be important to me because i missed the boat on it so I, i'm right. trying to set that aside and in terms of just like inherent quality of the game i i firmly think that super monkey ball is going to jump ahead of at least portal and skyrim i'm i'm the standout for stanley parable i think stanley parable is significantly too low but i also am alone in that and that's completely fine so right so yeah it, it is easily a teens i don't know that it's high teens for me yeah i don't know either but let, let's go ahead and for for the people at home, we're going to read you 11 yep. to 20 on our list. 11 is Halo Combat Evolved. 12 is Papers, Please. 13 is Outrun. 14 is Ocarina of Time. 15 is Jet Set Radio. 16 is Final Fantasy VII. 17 is Centipede. Mm -hmm. 18 is Hitman 2016. 19 is Crusader Kings 3. And 20 is Skyrim. Yeah. There are some hilariously awesome conversations in in this. Just just in you reading that, there's like four games in this list where it's like, well, we have to at least talk about that. We need to have the conversation yeah. whether or not it goes there. The ones that come to mind for me are uh, Centipede, the arcade comparison. You got two Sega games, Jet Set Radio and Outrun, on there, and then we kind of just had a Halo conversation. So I, you know, that I don't know that it's gonna hold the same water let's, but let's our, start at the bottom yeah i think i think it'll be fun to have this first conversation which is super monkey ball versus skyrim yeah just to get into this of course this whole thing um um 
How do you do that? Because I hate Skyrim. You hate so you. You're you hate to... Skyrim, and even I admit that Skyrim is primarily rough edges, like mostly rough edges. That we didn't. The Skyrim episode was really weird, and I don't think I made kind of maybe almost any of the cases I wanted to make for Skyrim, which leaves a lot for for these sorts of moments where yeah, I can yeah, continue yeah. to talk about Skyrim. The main case we made for Skyrim was like I, I said, it is. It's it's realistically, it's just Animal Crossing. Um, but w- with that, with that also comes, it's really, really messy, unintentional Animal Crossing. Um, right. To me, Bethesda, especially by the time Skyrim comes around, in the Morrowind and Oblivion and even the Fallout 3 days, uh, Bethesda is small enough to where they can be like, hey, listen, we're trying something crazy and we don't have the money to justify it. So, you know, just just get over it. And Skyrim is the first instance where it's like, well, you're starting to get enough money to have handled these issues, and you're just actively choosing not to now. I argue that really takes place after Skyrim. And Skyrim is, like, post-Skyrim is where you should very rightfully give Bethesda a lot of heat. But Skyrim was actually, like, a surprise, knockout, crazy success, right? Skyrim was not supposed to be as titanic of a game as it was. Uh, it was supposed right. to just be another open world crazy thing Bethesda's trying off in their little freaky corner. Um, so all that being said, it's so deeply messy, and they and and like Bethesda openly is just like, "Ah, eh, shut up! It's broken. I don't care. I, the ladders don't work. Like nothing works. There's no ladders. Blah 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 blah. Like we're just gonna let the modders fix stuff anyways. Like that's that's a horrible thing to say. It worked in the early 2000s but by 2011 they're not really allowed to do that anymore and super monkey ball is so much tighter <laughs> than all of that while right, still maintaining right. i mean there's really social aspects of skyrim the open-ended design allows crazy things for happen to happen you get to share really funny stories with your friends but that does not compare to everyone sitting on the couch having that happen in real time i think even though like i'm someone who sat on the couch with my friends doing skyrim i think monkey ball hits a lot harder in that environment and and that's our only comparison point for me one thing that i think we have to decide when it comes to skyrim and games like skyrim how do we and we've kind of gone both ways at at different times yeah uh in the show how do we quantify the modability yeah. of a game it's tough. like how, how do we include all of the user generated stuff like because we'll you know with skyrim there's all kinds of mods that you can install but i'm not going to go through and like select all of those mods and try them each out and say that that's all skyrim yeah here's a way i've been trying in my head to to handle that issue because uh quake we also went back and forth on um and i just at time of recording i edited our metal gear solid episode yesterday and in the metal gear solid episode we were like well quake's gonna go down a lot and then in the re-ranking quake did not go down a lot and no, it still it didn't it. and because and here's how i think about it is skyrim is a little bit this way and quake is especially with this way which is the engine is developed for that modability to happen compare it to something i really like is super mario world rom hacks right but right. super mario world was not designed no with that in intended none of that right. that's that's just people being crazy and it being a really popular game that people added that to it but like quake is built around the notion that people are going to make their own stuff for it and skyrim right. Even, like very very much so because 
the modding community existed in previous Bethesda games, but with Skyrim, they very specifically were like, here's the creation kit, here's everything, mods are going to be in the Steam store, like, we want you to mod this game. It right. is a part of the design, so they do leave certain doors open and certain things broken because... They want that to still just exist for easy moddability. That sometimes is good and it is sometimes bad. But that's kind of where I draw the line is like, how much did you intend for this moddability to exist? Yeah. And and so, yeah, I, that's that's why I tend to give Skyrim a bit more points. And I definitely give Quake more points for that, that moddability. I think the difference between Skyrim and Quake is that Quake without the mods is a complete finished experience. Yes, yeah, it, it definitely. So like, is. right. That's what I think it has over Skyrim. Uh -huh. Whereas Skyrim is like you can mod it, um, and also thank God you can mod it because <laughs> we didn't even finish the game. So you're, you know, here, here it is. Please yeah. finish this game. Yeah. The thing about Skyrim for me is it, you know, it didn't have a lot of goodwill out of the gate because yeah. of just the various practices that Bethesda finds normal. Yeah. Um, like you know, shipping games that are. Uh, in various states of brokenness right having a whole year of after skyrim's come out and i have it on the playstation 3 and it doesn't run like you you basically can't play it after a certain point right um right. was infuriating to hear paul say that that it just he worked. did not experience that by the way sure um very annoying <laughs> uh, but i'm cursed when it comes to bethesda games you and are. only i have my experience uh, everyone else is having a great time <laughs> um it's just that Todd has marked me <laughs> for death. On his, his, he's marked me for death, and it's like he that he shall never enjoy uh, Skyrim. But yeah, I I don't know Skyrim, big open, uh, kind of unfinished Super Monkey Ball pared down to the most specific yep. of experiences. Yep. I mean, my own personal taste is more pared down to a specific experience versus open yes oh for whateverness sure. for sure you know yeah I, yeah I i think there's an inherent quality to big open world game design that the two of us are probably always going to rank lower because i just kind of hate that crap like i just i don't i even though i love skyrim but like you know we, we got grand theft auto 3 coming up too there's a certain level of open world design that i just find annoying because it's 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 not specified and it's not trying you know it's just like i don't know figure it out and i i find that less commendable than something like yeah. super monkey ball where it's like hey we tailored this kind of perfectly this is just like it's exactly this thing and you like it or you don't but it's exactly this and with super monkey ball huh everybody likes it so uh yeah it kind of yeah. that works when it works really well that's like some of the best games right so yeah uh so next supremely likable so yeah. yeah it it bests skyrim Definitely. in a dual uh, and now we have to talk about Super Monkey Ball versus Crusader Kings 3. Uh, hmm. Weird. Uh, they're both silly. Um, yeah. This is kind of tough for me. I think on my own personal list, these would be kind of close to each other. Actually, let me see where I put it on my personal list. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're really close together on my personal list. Interesting. Um, so it's tough. I think they're they're both uh, genres that I really get down with. Yeah. Uh, they're both... Uh, kind of niche experiences that I think are executed quite well. Right. I just think the 
the time to enjoyment on Super Monkey Ball is yep. so tight. It's, it's literally just like you it's start just, Monkey Ball yeah. and bam. That's what I was gonna say. And 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 the watchability. I can I cannot watch y'all play Crusader Kings three and even understand what's happening. Yeah, All I true. can do is experience the stories you tell about yeah. things that it's like dwarf right, right. fortress, right? Like I can't yeah. comprehend what's happening on screen at all but super monkey ball instantly i understand what's happening and it's fun and i'm having a great time so i mean if if you if it if they're too close for you i would tell you that i'm firmly super monkey balls court uh in yeah in this, let's in go super one. monkey ball i actually i'll go ahead and reveal i i rank super monkey ball two spots above crusader Whoa. kings 3 on my personal list so it was just it just kind of barely slipped in yeah. there um, but it's a close one. It's yeah. a close one for me. You could have talked me the other way, but since you're also kind of solidly there, let's put Super Monkey Ball above Crusader Kings 3. Now we got to talk about Hitman. That's a, this is a, this would be a little more of a conversation. This is tricky. Yeah, this is a confusing one because they're, they're just so distinctly different experiences. But they're both line. fun. They're, they're both, both fun. going for a, a sense of fun and pretty fast. I, I could, we didn't do this, but I could easily swap the controller back and forth and hit man you know what i mean oh yeah i've done that i i've totally done that let me let me do a challenge hand it off to so and so let them do a challenge like just just see what everybody comes up with because uh, hitman's the kind of game where it's like it's up to your own creativity and like one individual person only thinks of so many ideas but like yeah. getting a group think going and like trying to one up each other that's a that's a pretty interesting thing that could happen now i'm being theoretical so hunter you said you have done that i mean how does that compare yeah. so i have a fun little story about doing that um there was a time where me and my friends uh it was it was myself it was uh our friend brian capillis uh and uh it was our friend paul who was on the show for uh for for skyrim yeah um and i was playing hitman and, and they were watching and I was like, we were playing the the Paris level, the showstopper. Uh -huh. And I was like, there's a lot of crazy stuff you can do in this level. So many little things you can interact with. And uh, uh, Paul was just like, why don't you just shoot the <laughs> the targets? And I'm like, well, you never get away with playing it that way. You know what I mean? <laughs> you got to do all these cool, specific, you know, sneaky stuff. Uh -huh. And uh, I tried some sneaky path because um, I was trying to get some specific series of events to happen. Maybe I was trying to find the vampire mirror thing in the in the attic. Uh -huh. um, whatever it was, I got killed. And then I was like, you know what, Paul, do you want to do, do a run? And uh, Paul was like, yeah. I hand the controller to Paul. And then Paul walks in <laughs> to the main room where, the, where you first see there's this room full of NPCs, guards, all kinds of stuff. And then you see your target on some stairs. And Paul just pulls out his gun and kills him. <laughs> And then, and then I'm like, oh, you're not going to get, get away with this one. Totally does. Totally does. <laughs> like, like just, just the, it's just chaos everywhere. Uh -huh. And Paul is able to like completely maneuver out of it. <laughs> and I'm furious at this point. Cause I've just told Paul that this is not uh, a play style that you can really get away with. And Paul's just like, it's easy. I don't know. What are you talking about? It's super easy. It's, that was easy. Um, and then, yeah, then, then uh, I have to watch Paul uh, violently kill the other <laughs> Uh, the the other target uh -huh. too very very easily he does it um, and then just, <laughs> just walks escape. out of the level and it's just like wow Hitman is super easy and I'm like it isn't you were so lucky you just got so lucky and they just had so much fun teasing me about this they were just having a great time because yeah. I just got got done telling them how hard this game was yeah later I was able because Paul was saying oh I played more Hitman later and I was like okay. 
did you How'd just continue go? to shoot? And 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 Paul just kind of whispered just to me, you know. Uh, no, actually, it's, it's pretty hard. To play <laughs> <laughs> Made me so upset. Um, so anyways, good. which one do we like better? I mean, I know I'm going to say this. I'm just going to go ahead and lay my cards out on the table. I like Monkey Ball more than I like Hitman, but I do like Hitman. Hitman yeah. is is a bag of fun. Yeah. Um, you could talk me into hit like it going no further, yeah. depending on how hot you are on Hitman. Just depends. Yeah. I, we're, we're about to run out of steam for me and Monkey Ball. Sure. I really, really like Hitman. And something Monkey Ball does not have is as a single player thing, we kind of talked about this and maybe we didn't talk about it enough, but as just a, I'm going to sit down and play Super Monkey Ball by myself, it is not something I actually get down with that much. I mean, it's it, at that point, it becomes yeah. just a try hard challenge just to get good yep. at this game. And I don't like that. Like, I don't like that vibe. And and like I said, the, the mechanics, they're not janky, but like they have that that sort of like wobbly quality to them that like right. I don't like playing it by myself. I don't I don't actually right. have that much fun. Uh, also, we didn't talk about this at all, but it uh, <laughs> it can really hurt your brain uh when the control scheme is the entire world tilts around and moves oh yeah and yeah, if you, you do that sick. pretty fast you can get really sick playing super monkey ball oh yeah uh, yeah super monkey ball can make you sick uh and and that hit me pretty quickly actually so i can only play it for like a small spurt of time now again that multiplayer handoff quality wouldn't be a big deal but like as a single player experience like it's not something i actually like very much at all yeah um and I, I think it's getting away with a lot of style points. It's getting away with a lot of just joy. But for me, like, I, I definitely sunk my teeth into Hitman instantly more. What's sad to me is I feel like we're about to put it below Hitman. And I really wanted to have the centipede conversation as well. Here, well, here, let's, let's do this. Yeah. Let's do this. Let's, let's just preview that conversation. Yep. And, and meta factor that into whatever we want to do here. Mm-hmm. Let's let's pretend it got past Hitman. It isn't. Yes. It hasn't. It has but, not. But let's talk and, about and, and, and I agree. I I think you're. I like Hitman. You love Hitman. Yeah. I think that it. I can't really justify it going above Hitman. But yeah, it would be fun to talk about Super Monkey Ball versus Centipede. Yeah. Because these are both arcadey games, or or I mean, specifically arcade games. Realistically, I've never played Super Monkey Ball on an arcade cabinet, but. Boy, God, I would like to. <laughs> that would be very awesome. Uh, and what's interesting to me is how timeless Centipede still felt the first time I played it, even though it is obviously a very old classic arcade game. So it's interesting yeah. to me that Monkey Ball gets to kind of aspire for that. But my question to you, Hunter, is does Super Monkey Ball still feel a little bit in Centipede's shadow in terms of that kind of arcade quality? Or do you think it exceeds it? Do you think it is an evolution of arcade cabinets and it's it's pushing that format even further? I wouldn't place them in quite the same continuum to yeah. that extent. Okay. I think they're very different kinds of games, even though they're both uh, very arcadey games. Um, I just prefer monkey ball okay i think that centipede is a really really fun and it's a great experience playing it in the arcade yeah um but super monkey ball is only an arcade game to me by like its design sensibilities right i've never experienced it in an arcade i've never seen it in an arcade yeah. uh the connection i feel like is a little tenuous so to me 
I think Super Monkey Ball just wins on execution, depth of experience. Mm -hmm. uh, Centipede is kind of locked into a, a loop that I, while I find it interesting, I think it's fun. Yeah. Um, I can just get down with so much Monkey Ball so fast. Yeah. And the variety of experience, the variety I think kind of blows yeah. uh, Centipede out of the water that's, a little bit. That's a big point that I'm, I wasn't considering enough, which is that Centipede is just like the one level that works exceedingly well. It's great. It's but fun. You play it for 15 minutes and you're probably, I mean, even that is quite a long time. As I said it, 15 minutes sounds like a long time to just play Centipede by itself. Um, right. A, whereas Super Monkey Ball, I mean, you can at least get two hours probably out of it by yourself and then add to other people playing it with you. And, and you can play from for quite a bit more because of just how much how much variety in the level design there is. So, yeah, right. I, I can get down with that point. I think I think legacy points. Um, it's hard to actually even equate. Centipede is older, but I can't say yeah, it's much more older. influential than Super Monkey Ball. Super Monkey Ball, as historical things, like Centipede is a pretty big deal, but it's not most people's most well-known arcade thing. You know what I mean? Like, we all have these other yeah, sure, touchstones. Sure. And Super Monkey Ball feels kind of in that same vein, where it's like, nobody's, like, talking about Super Monkey Ball as if it's in their favorite games but every single time super monkey ball gets brought up everybody's like oh yeah i love everybody that i freaking it. love that game and i think centipede everybody has that monkey same ball. i think it has that same quality to it where it's just like oh everybody loves centipede but you just don't it's not going to be the first when someone says what's your favorite arcade game few people are going to say centipede right i also here's what they have in common centipede is space invaders but uh, made by cool people right that like you know did cool stuff yeah uh, and went to art school or whatever. Um, <laughs> Super Monkey Ball is Marble Madness made by cool people. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, like they, of, they of both, they, they're both evolutions in that way. It's just that the distance between Centipede and Space Invaders is some design choices, interesting color, yeah. and um, that 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 dangled spinning ball, that the track ball yeah. style yeah. controls. Oh my god, so good. Whereas like. Put Marble Madness, get a JPEG of that up on your screen, and then load up a video of Monkey Ball, and you're like, whoa, one of these went into space. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just think that any anything that Super Monkey Ball has in common with other games, it's it's taken it and ran with yeah, it. Yeah. Um, whereas Centipede is a little more iterative. It is, in my opinion, absolutely superior to Space Invaders. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But, like... I don't know. There's like How I much? could I could throw out like five other arcade games I like better than Centipede, like Missile Command. Yeah. Or uh, I like uh, old Donkey Kong. Like Donkey Kong better than than Centipede. I like Outrun better. There's one I played for the first time not too long ago, and I do not remember the name of it. It's gonna take me too long to figure it out. But like even that, like I instantly clicked into just as much, if not more, than I I clicked into Centipede. So yeah, there's there's a lot more out there. So, so okay, we're in kind of an awkward position then, Hunter, because um, it sounds like you would firmly put super monkey ball above centipede but i don't really want it to go above hitman although i yep. guess i could allow it i'm fine with it staying below hitman i think that's fine yeah um despite it's, centipede it's, feeling almost out of place in that conversation no, no 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 it's it's not out of place that's just how that's just how the list goes sometimes it's it's about consensus and and little pockets get yep. the way they are um i think that monkey ball can't get past hitman even though it probably could go past centipede, centipede. yeah 
Um, it would go no further, though, right. in, oh, even in the sure. world where we let it get. So, And the other thing, too, is Centipede and Monkey Ball are maybe a little too close to where we would start um, skipping over the two of them as a pair, which yeah. I don't like when we do that. Right. So let's just let Monkey Ball be below Hitman. Super Monkey Ball would be our new number 19. Yep. It would push Skyrim out of the top 20. Hey, <laughs> that's pretty good. Hey, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Um, so I'm good with that. Uh, it's, it is what, uh, compared to where it is on my personal list, it's, uh, it's, it's like seven yeah. away from okay. where it is on my personal list. That's okay. pretty good. This, this did happen to have that kind of, um, annoying quality of, uh, Super Monkey Ball is in effectively the same position on the 2001 list as it is on the main list. Um, I, I, you know, I, 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 I wish for that to always not be the case. I love for the two to contradict each other, but in this today, uh, they are one and the same. Super Monkey Ball is lower than Halo Combat Evolved, but above uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 on our 2001 list Listen, and man, on our big list. I know what game is going to contradict itself. Um, <laughs> I've, I already have the targeted game. Do not worry. It's going to be a Buckwild episode. <laughs> I am going to literally split my brain in two. <laughs> And I will argue as two different people, 2001 Hunter and 2022 what, Hunter. Prepare. What game is that? Please just say it. Just, just, I don't, it might be a while. <clears throat> the game is called Grand I knew Theft it. Auto 3. There's no way to evaluate that game outside of its context. What I am a weird going to one. split myself into two yeah, people. I will have will different too. opinions yeah. on Grand Theft Auto 3. I started playing so, it last night. Um, it's a... Uh, I, to, let's remember let's remember too i did not want to play grand theft auto 3 i don't you want, didn't even want it on the i list don't want to do it i didn't i no. was like no no no. let's let a grand theft auto let's let one of the other grand I theft find autos it impossible I know. to evaluate 2001 as a year without grand <laughs> sure. theft auto 3 being it i was think the you're most right. important game of 2001 oh for sure yeah yeah and it's and it's why it's there but like that i the, the fact that i don't even want to play it at all is going to factor into it so i don't know yeah uh cool yeah. okay uh next week is klonoa 2 which is yeah. a game i had never ever played before because I, I missed out on all the sony platformers basically uh so get excited for that if you've Except never spyro didn't you play spyro i played a little bit of spyro i never owned spyro but yeah yeah, yeah. I've, I've played some spyro i've probably played like a couple crash levels too honestly but like to completion never and and now i've played klonoa 2 all the way through and uh i'm very excited for that episode uh yeah but uh what's our It'll first non-2000 we have like a big break before we oh it's secret of monkey island is our first off topic episode we're gonna do and that's that's a few weeks away so okay i'm i'm excited for that though i'm, I'm excited to talk about uh that old game here's my question for you about secret of monkey island do you do you think i should play it with the updated graphics the updated art turned off or on i like to play it with the updated graphics turned off mm -hmm. but i like to turn them on to just see what they decided to do to check it out but i definitely prefer the old graphics interesting because i've never graphics. played it with the old graphics and i have played it with the new graphics so maybe i should just because i've played it with the updated stuff the thing is I think the, the, the reason i really wanted to do secret of monkey island is because there's that that new one coming out and that mm -hmm. new one certainly artistically adopts more from these remasters than it does from pixel. It's not like they're not they're right. not going for a pixel art vibe. They're going for a hand drawn vibe. Yes. Uh, so yes. there's a part of me that thematically wants to maintain that thread. But maybe maybe I'll maybe I'll grow it. Maybe because I believe the Return to Monkey Island or whatever. What's the second one? Uh, LeChuck's uh, Revenge. Monkey Island Two. LeChuck's Revenge. That has a remaster as well. So maybe I need to play Secret of Monkey Island Pixels. 
LeChuck's Revenge updated, and then I get to play this new one once it once it comes out. That's 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 what right. I'm gonna do. I think that's a fun a fun way to feel the legacy of that game as we as we go through them. Yeah, that's fun. I'm really excited about that. Uh, really excited about a lot of the games coming up. Um, yeah. We're gonna have uh, a great time. Uh, I think in the uh, upcoming months. Um, really looking forward to October in general. Um, yeah. I feel like it's just uh, gonna be. Or as far as uh, uh, recording schedule, that is sure. not actual schedule. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Some of uh, it. Our our recording will be much earlier than October, but you're you're going to be receiving them as our spooky October, um, <laughs> which is you know going to have we got Aliens versus Predator two, Max Payne, and Silent Hill two yeah. coming up in a solid block <laughs> of, of spooky spookums. games. <laughs> Spook em up. Spook em All ups. right. <laughs> Spookums only, all right? And I'm real excited about that. So yeah. prepare to get spooked. Yeah. Prepare yourself to get scared like a little baby. <laughs> Thank y'all for listening to Old Gamer's Almanac. Produced by Hunter Donaldson and Matt Martins. Music by Night Corey. Yeah.